Hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I'm Mayor Greg Fisher. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines have been on everyone's minds, obviously, for the last uh, few months, and we're going to talk in detail about them here today. Today, we're joined by Dr. Sarah Beth Hartledge. Dr. Hartledge is the Associate Medical Director for Louisville Metro Public Health and Wellness, and has been the point person doing a fantastic job for our city's vaccinations efforts. Dr. Hartledge, welcome. Thank you, nice to be here. All right. So before we get started, a quick note, we're recording this episode on location at Broadbent Arena, where we've been vaccinating residents now since the beginning of 2021. We call this LUVAX, and it's been recognized as a national model for getting people vaccinated efficiently and quickly. Our public health department and the hundreds and thousands of volunteers are just doing a fantastic job. So Dr. Hartless, what's going on behind us here today and what's a day at LUVAX like? Sure, so behind us, we're having uh, active vaccinations going on, people in their vehicles. Uh, a regular day at LUVAX, we see about 1,500 to 2,000 patients. Um, that takes us about 10 hours to do. We have uh, 40 or so Metro staff from a number of different agencies that participate in that, along with up to uh, 200 volunteers. So we run from um, our volunteers and staff arrive at 7.30 in the morning to get ready. We see our first patients at 8 o'clock and we run without stopping until 6 p.m. Uh, we're able to overlap our shifts so everybody gets to eat lunch without having to stop the line. Um, when What you're seeing behind us is the actual injection station. So our patients, they uh, get an email and they fill out some paperwork for us before they arrive electronically and then uh, here on site they receive a uh, medical screening where we check for allergies or any other relevant concerns and then they get their COVID vaccine administered by a qualified provider. Once they drive out of the arena they spend another 15 minutes with us in our observation area which is just a fancy word for our parking lot and uh, we have EMS and medical personnel available if we should have um, a serious reaction but uh, knock on wood we've given over 40,000 shots at this site and have not had any serious reactions yet so that's good to hear. Well, and I'm so proud of the whole operation, but let's talk a little bit about the volunteers. Yeah. I mean, they're so positive. You know, they're here to, one, at the very beginning, in particular, people are like, I'm so glad to be out of my basement and doing something. Everybody's here is positive. We're fighting back finally. We're on the offense against the, the virus. So talk a little bit about the volunteers. Absolutely. This is such a positive place to work. Um, the staff and the volunteers both, as you mentioned, have such a positive attitude. Uh, they're happy to be here. They're happy to be fighting back, to be on the offensive instead of on the defensive. Um, and the patients are so uh, grateful to have the opportunity to get the vaccine. Most people recognize while we have such a limited supply that it's truly a privilege to be um, vaccinated early on, to be recognized um, as an important member of our community that way. And um, so the patients are happy. The staff is happy. Um, the atmosphere here is just really uh, wonderful to be a part of, even on rainy days and snowy days. And, uh, you know, January doesn't necessarily bring us the best weather, but uh, January and February, but it's been uh, a wonderful place to work. No, it's been great. It's wonderful to see the reactions of the people getting the vaccines. Just talking to a group of people down here, you know, we're like people are excited to get a shot, you know, and they're pumped up. So yeah. it's been just really, you guys are doing a great job. But now LUVAX isn't the only place where people are being vaccinated in Louisville, of course, and you're co-chair of the Vaccine Distribution Task Force along with Bill, Bill Altman, and you all are in regular contact with our great hospital partners. So what type of setups do our hospitals have for people getting vaccinated? Our hospital partners also have um, 
vaccine clinics. Many of them are um, traditional style clinics where you park, you go in, you receive your shot, you wait in your observation in a chair somewhere and then go back to your vehicle. Um, some of our partners are beginning to stand up drive-throughs. Um, I believe all three, uh, Norton Baptist and University, will have drive-throughs active uh, very soon. So. Uh, they are all offering independent appointments. We also have some retail pharmacies, Walgreens, that are available for appointments as well. Um, it can be a little confusing to find an appointment, but uh, the best place to look is to go to um, our website, which is louisvilleky.gov vaccine. And we are uh, the clearinghouse for all that information. So we keep everything up to date and we can link you out to register for an appointment from any of those providers. So when this started, I mean, there were three major groups, right? There were the hospital groups, there's the LUVAC, so our public health department site, and then long-term care facilities. But that's really starting to open up now to other facilities as well. Exactly. So in the beginning, Walgreens and CVS, they were very busy uh, vaccinating our long-term care facilities, and we're so grateful for their help in doing that. That was such an important thing to see. And we are seeing the results from that now as the number of cases and, and hotspots in those long-term care facilities uh, continues to fall, which is excellent news. Um, but now that they've sort of uh, wrapped up that phase and they've gotten that uh, accomplished, they are moving into um, sort of a more retail, general public style vaccination. So we're, it's February 26th today and we're getting ready pretty soon to go into phase 1C. So let's say that I'm 60 plus and I want to be vaccinated and, and a lot of people want to be vaccinated out here and traveling outside of Louisville to get that. What do I need to know now to make that happen, get my vaccination? Right. So. Um, as I said, the best place to start is at louisvilleky.gov vaccine. We can link you out to um, Norton Healthcare, Baptist Health, and U L Health, um, as well as to Walgreens. And we'll be able to link to other providers as they come online. And um, you can register directly for an appointment with any of those providers. There's also a wait list at Norton that you can get on. It's important to remember that the supply is very limited and the number of appointments is uh, limited by the supply. So uh, we've been very intentional as a community not to offer an appointment unless we know we have a vaccine to give you. So um, we're not scheduling people six months in advance. We're um, keeping that wait list until we know exactly what that supply is going to be. So uh, get on the wait list. We don't anticipate that you'll have to wait very long and the wait list moves um, in the order that you got on it. So you'll be offered an appointment um, as soon as one's available. And both Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are available right now. They're two dose vaccines. So if I get my first one, are you sure you're, you're gonna have the second one for me? Yes, um, KDPH and um, the Department of Public Health has been very intentional about ensuring that a second booster dose is available for everyone who receives a primary or first dose. So um, everyone who has received a first dose to date will receive their second dose and um, you should receive it from the same provider. So when you get your first dose, you should be able to go ahead and schedule that second dose um, at the appropriate time interval, whether that's 21 days for Pfizer or 28 days for Moderna. Um, whoever gives you your first dose should have a second dose for you. Now, I noticed a lot of things you've been talking about in terms of registration or online. Let's say if I don't know how to get online or I don't even have access to be online, what do I do? So 
Um, if you have someone in your circle of friends and family that wants to help you, um, you can absolutely have someone register you uh, by proxy. So if you're 70 and your uh, granddaughter wants to help you register, that's absolutely allowed. She can enter your information for you. Um, but if you are someone that just doesn't have access to the internet or really struggles with it, um, the Metro Helpline is available um, and their ability to help is expanding every day. So um, right now they can kind of help you walk through things um, and they are soon going to be able to schedule directly appointments for people um, at least here at LUVAC so we expect to see that ability come online very soon and we're excited to be able to offer that to our community. Now at this point in the vaccine we've got a lot more demand than we do supply but we know that supply is going to be opening up in the next several weeks and certainly in the next couple months. Uh, so at that point in time we anticipate there's going to be some people that are still just having reservations about getting the vaccine and for some in the community we know this stems from historic uh, racist medical practices that are well documented so why should people feel safe about the vaccine and what are we doing to make sure people feel safe getting their doses i think the first step is to acknowledge the validity of that concern so you know historic racism in medicine as you said from uh, Tuskegee to Henrietta Lacks to Dr. Susan Moore, who's an African-American physician who um, died of COVID-19 not long ago. Um, all of those things are true and they're very valid concerns. And so uh, we don't wanna be dismissive of um, our community uh, members who have hesitancy about the vaccine. Um, we also wanna acknowledge that these vaccines are brand new. The, this disease did not exist more than about a year ago. And so the development process has been very fast. So we acknowledge um, that that raises some red flags for people. I think uh, it's important to note that although the trials were accelerated, uh, no steps were skipped. So the trials, uh, according to all scientific leadership and um, all of the experts, the trials are good, they're valid, their data is good. Um, and we're really excited that, that they're not, uh, I was worried that they might be kind of on the fence and we would have to make decisions, but I feel very good, very confident about the products that are on the market right now. Um, after that, I think it's important that we lead from the front. So our community leaders, we're engaging with them. We're asking them to step up, to roll up their sleeve, to get the vaccine and show their friends and neighbors that um, this is a safe thing to do. They believe in it and you should too. Um, I think the longer we go, the more people who receive the vaccine, that the more people we will see um, begin to accept it as they see their friends and neighbors get vaccinated without having problems from it um, and getting that protection that we all um, have been so desperate for for the last year, really. So we know the vaccine is safe. I mean, it was tested on 70,000 people. We've had now tens of millions of people in America receive the vaccine. Uh, I've received the vaccine. Uh, little side effect with shaky legs on the second one, but nothing one aspirin and one night's sleep didn't take care of. And we know having COVID is much worse than anything that comes from getting the vaccine. So it's the best way to keep you safe and your family safe and reopen the economy as well. Exactly. But we reached a, just a tragic milestone here this week of February 26th with 500,000 people passed because of COVID. So this is nothing to play around with. I mean, we've learned that you have to be humble to this virus. It can change things very, very quickly. And we just really want to encourage everybody to get their vaccine as soon as they can when an appointment's available. And in the meantime, obviously keep wearing a mask. And then even afterwards, keep wearing a mask. And why do you have to keep wearing a mask? 
So we don't yet know if the vaccine prevents all types of infection like the asymptomatic infections. So we do know that the vaccine prevents those severe symptomatic infections that land people in the hospital and can ultimately be fatal. But we don't know yet if it um, prevents those mild asymptomatic infections. That study is being done right now and we hope to have that information before too long. Uh, but it's possible that you could still get an asymptomatic infection. And in that case, you might still be able to spread it to someone. And so um, you wanna, we wanna be careful about wearing the mask and continuing all those mitigation measures that we've been doing all along. And as we uh, look into the future and the potential for more um, different variants of this disease, um, the best thing for the those variants is that all of these mitigation measures are 100% still effective against them. So wearing your mask and distancing, all still good for the all the variants that we know. Well, I just really encourage people to please keep doing that. I mentioned 500,000 deaths nationally. Today we're around 925 in Louisville. So that means, unfortunately, you know, we'll be over a thousand before too awful long. And it's just the pain that this virus leaves behind is something that we can all contribute to reducing by wearing our mask and getting vaccinated. We talked a little bit about uh, the shortage of vaccines right now, but when we look out several weeks, especially several months, it looks much brighter in terms of more supply for the country and for our community. So what's the landscape look like to you for FDA approved vaccines? So today's February 26th, so it's a great day to ask that question. Um, since December, we've had two products on the market, the Pfizer and the Moderna. They're very similar. They're both mRNA products, um, and they both have very similar uh, data and numbers. Today, the FDA is expected to approve under an um, emergency use approval, which is the same uh, type of approval that those two vaccines have. We're expecting the FDA to approve under an EUA today the Janssen Pharmaceuticals EUA? vaccine. EUA is emergency use authorization. And it means that the data is very good, but it's not a complete FDA approval yet. They're gonna to continue to monitor things as we go forward. Uh, so today we expect to see our third product on the market, which is the Janssen Pharmaceuticals or uh, Johnson & Johnson or J&J. &J. Anything that starts with a J, it's, it's this one. Um, they're all this, they're all, those all refer to the same thing. Uh, there are two others in the pipeline, um, one from Novavax and one from Oxford and AstraZeneca. Um, the AstraZeneca product is currently being used in uh, Europe and Africa, and the, um, both of those should be uh, reaching the FDA approval stage within the next couple of months. So our supply is expanding every week here, um, and as we add more products to that, we expect to see that supply continue to open up really dramatically over the coming months, um, which is great news. Um, we hope to see more providers available, so I hope that in the long term we can have these vaccines in your doctor's office and in your pharmacy and um, have more community events and just really increase the access for people so that they can um, get a vaccine as soon as they uh, are willing to do so. So that's really kind of the dream, isn't it? When we look out two, three months from right now, almost everywhere you turn, you'll be able to get, get the vaccine. I hope so. Yeah. And we, we've really been focused on equity. Uh, traditionally, black and brown populations have been on the short end of the stick relative to equitable health care. Talk a little bit how we're making sure that doesn't happen with this vaccine. 
So one important way that we look at equity is to partner with um, community leaders. So the leaders from some of our black churches, for example. Uh, we've also partnered with um, La Casita, which is a significant um, Latinx community leader organization, um, and other groups as well, um, both faith-based and otherwise that have been able to um, partner with us. Their leaders are receiving the vaccine to help spread the message. And then we're, they're helping us to reach into their community, spread the news, um, and also to physically give the vaccine. So some of our healthcare partners have been able to give vaccines in churches. And then um, we've had special events here at Luvax for International Day with our immigrant community. Uh, we try, really try to highlight these events so that everyone sees them. I think it's very important that every member of our community can see someone who looks like them, who lives where they live, who speaks the way they speak, um, receive a vaccine. I don't want anyone to feel like they're um, alone in receiving that. And so. Uh, we're making efforts to get all of those groups in um, through every angle we can find, and um, we never turn down an offer from help, uh, offer of help from anyone in our community who wants to uh, help lead that charge. Well, let's close by uh, talking again about Luvax. Uh, this team of city employees and volunteers uh, have moving hundreds of doses in an hour. So, what's the story behind the creation of Luvax? I think the story of Lou Vax is kind of the story of our community. It's uh, the members of our community stepping up to help. They're helping uh, get a vaccine for themselves, but they're also getting a vaccine for their friends, their neighbors, their family members. Uh, we vaccinate our volunteers after they serve 40 hours with us on site. And in that 40 hours, we're able to vaccinate between six and 8,000 members of our community. So to say that those volunteers have become part of our healthcare family is not an exaggeration. Um, the volunteers are the heart and soul here. And Luvax, we lead from the front. We have become a national leader in efficiency. I'm proud to say um, we've gotten some national media for that and we're happy with that, but we really strive to improve every day. Um, we're not perfect and we're trying to grow every day. Um, and we're uh, just very proud to be able to share our knowledge with other sites to be able to uh, help them stand up as well so that they can get this kind of uh, site in their community. So I think Luvax is really kind of the story of Louisville. It's a community um, of a very diverse people that's coming together to, uh, to face a challenge and just really make it work and get through it. Well, you're doing a great job. Thanks for leading us out here, Dr. Sarah Beth Hartledge. On behalf of our city, you're just big, big thanks to you for uh, really making the lives of so many people better. So thanks so much for being with us today. For everybody tuning in, remember that we provide regular updates on our city's efforts to end the pandemic. Those usually happen on Tuesdays and Friday and Saturday mornings, uh, 10 a.m. on Saturdays during our weekly Facebook town halls with Dr. John Klein. These are all carried on my social media accounts and Metro TV, so please tune in and keep up to speed with the latest on how we are going after this dastardly virus that we hope to eradicate from our community, the country, and the world here in the next several months. But it's going to require all of us to do that. So thank you for listening to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast.